Welcome to the Mastering the Mind podcast. Today we welcome Belgian professional sprinter Kevin Borley to the podcast. Kevin specializes in the 400 meter event and famously competes alongside his twin brother. Kevin has competed at major European and world championships as well as in four Olympic Games. Some of Kevin's main achievements have been winning gold at the 2015 and 2019 European Indoor Championships in the 4x400-meter relay, winning silver in the 2010 World Indoor Championships in the 4x400 relay, and winning gold in 2016 at the European Championships. So let's welcome Kevin to the podcast. Salut, Kevin. Bienvenue to the podcast, Master in the Mind. Nous sommes ravis de vous parler. So it's in French now. Yeah, it's in French. Uh, it's in I'm, French. I'm fluent. I'm fluent. <laughs> what do you think of that, Kevin? 10 out of 10 or no? It was perfect. <laughs> Love it. Now, how are we? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Wait. If you hear some weird noise, it's my dog. So no, oh, no worries. We're, we're dog lovers here. So no worries. No worries. <laughs> what breed do you have? Uh, English bulldog. Oh, oh nice! Very nice! Yeah, very nice! Right there. Oh, oh, there <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Winston. Winston. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I uh, apologize throughout this podcast. I'm slightly under the weather. I think I've got a cold that's going around England at the moment. So if I mute myself, it's because I'm coughing. Okay. <laughs> He's dying silently, but yeah. yeah. No, but um, to kick off the podcast, uh, a great place we like to start is, and for the listeners to get to know you, is talk us through your journey today. So from growing up to where you are now, who is Kevin Borlet? Whoa. Uh, well, uh, who is Kevin Borley? Uh I've always been um, a real competitor, like since I'm three, four years old, with my uh, twin brother, Joe, uh, we would always uh, challenge each other. Uh, I started with um, football when I, I was younger and only started track when I was uh, around 15, 16 years old. So Quite late um, then. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. late. Yeah, but actually it's when my, my sister uh, started. Uh, she was also uh, around 15. And uh, at some point, we were like, ah, oh, this is a pretty, pretty uh, cool sport. Uh, mm-hmm. Why not uh, try it out? And uh, yeah, two years after her, we, we started uh, running. And uh, our, the first year we started, uh, we went straight to uh, World Youth Championship. Um, so it, it, it went pretty uh, quickly for us. And... Uh, we knew that uh, that's that's what we wanted to to do. Uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, we wanted to run track. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the the start of the journey. I mean, obviously, coming from like a like two parents that were also successful uh, in you know sports and in athletics, did you obviously quickly find yourself um, having that easy transition from football to athletics, for example? Um, was it easy for you to to get used to the sport? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we we knew that we we were we were fast. I mean, yeah. uh, on the um, 
uh, on the pitch. We would uh, always run uh, faster than the, the others and uh, we would like throw the ball and run behind, you know. Yeah, on the wing. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, even in school, uh, in the, um, uh, the playground, we, I mean, we knew that mm. we, we had something. But uh, to to know that uh, we were we were going to to run at the at the world level, uh, yeah, no, not exactly, but yeah. And did you feel any like pressure because of your like your parents' success? Did you feel as any pressure as a as a youngster to kind of meet uh, their not, demands? No, no, not nice. at all. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, but one thing I always say is that. I I um, I made the decision mm-hmm. uh, to run. I I chose to to start training. I chose to to start competing, and it was m- my choice. And I've never had any pressure from uh, my mom or my dad to to start. So I think that was a, a good thing. Uh, starting uh, uh, starting track, yeah. Mm-hmm. Out, out of your siblings, are you the youngest or the oldest? Whereabout do you fit in uh, with age? All my siblings? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, because there they are eight of us. So yeah. A big uh, family. Yeah. So uh, Olivia uh, is the oldest. And then it's uh, Jonathan and I. And okay. actually, I'm the third because Joe is uh, five minutes uh, older <laughs> than me. So, yeah. Because I, I was interested to know um, what was the competition like growing up? Because I've got a brother and like when we compete against each other, sometimes it can get a bit toxic, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I'm interested yeah. to see what was it like? Was Actually, it always healthy competition? Always. Okay. okay. Always, uh, especially um, with um, with our sport. Sometimes, obviously, it can, because we are like real competitors, when it's... Uh, something else uh, it's just a game sometimes yeah it can get a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but with uh, athletics uh, never because I mean we 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 know what uh, what it takes to 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 compete and to um, to get on the starting line so there's it's always we, we always try to to push each other and to help each other uh, mm-hmm. to 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 train and uh, to get better and that's the the mindset we have mm-hmm. and was that kind of like your father's like did he kind of create that environment would you say like within your family because obviously it's difficult to manage you know all these uh like talented youth so did he kind of create that environment for you to you know have health that healthy competitiveness um i don't think that's uh huh. um no, I, I don't naturally think maybe that, yeah yeah i think it's just the um, uh the relationship i have with uh, mm. jonathan or even dylan or my other mm-hmm. uh, siblings it's just uh we understand each other very well and uh we don't want to uh get into fights or it's just um i i don't know it's just a, i guess the relationship we we have uh, but what my dad did is uh he created um, um, a professional environment for us, you know, where from the beginning we could uh, immediately 
learn and and and, and try to 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 train like pros and, mm-hmm. and so uh yeah i guess it helped us uh, a lot mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see that dynamic because i think in professional sports there's no there's not that much you know like siblings that compete with each other and stuff so do you feel like your brother your twin brother especially did, do you feel like he kind of helped like shaped you like helped you sh- to be shaped for the athlete you are today would you say uh yeah of course uh but it, it, i think the there are two sides mm-hmm. it's one we help each other we push each other but on the other side is when one is down but not only jonathan my my twin brother but mm-hmm. also dylan or olivia uh when she, for example she was uh, injured it's kind of i can't just say oh she's injured it doesn't matter i can still run it, it just mm-hmm. aff- affects me uh also to know that uh, my brothers or, or sister uh are injured or did not perform well you know like let's say you have um, uh, three semifinals. I'm in the third one, and Joyce in the the second one. It, it, it sometimes it's hard to watch the race or to know what happened, uh, because if um, he not failed, but he, if he uh, doesn't run uh, well. It can affect me and and i have to run after that you know yeah. and sometimes like let's say uh in back in 2012 mm-hmm. um semi-finals joe uh finish i think he finished third mm-hmm. so he, he wasn't qualified immediately and i had to run after but i was i had to say okay don't think about it uh, just do your thing and uh, you'll see you know and that's the, the the kind of thing that are really hard running with each other and and doing the same thing. Have you ever had a moment where you've been watching the race and he's won, and then you it spurred you on, and you've gone on to have a successful race, or does that hinder you? Uh, it happened. Um, that that uh, uh, I have an example with uh, Dylan. Okay. Uh, in uh, Prague, twenty fifteen. Uh, Joe and I um, were not running, but mm-hmm. we watched uh, Dylan first round, semifinal, and uh, and final, and uh, he made it through obviously and uh, came second in the final. Oh, that's 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 the the kind of joy. Uh, yeah. It's it's hard to explain because the it's not the the, the stress is almost bigger when you watch. Yeah. Then when you uh, you run yourself because you're not in control, you just like just mm. watching. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was amazing. Just hoping for a good result. Um, <laughs> so eventually, you moved to the US um, to compete for Florida State University. What was that experience like? Uh, amazing. Actually, I couldn't speak any English. Like nothing. Damn! Wow. Joe and I were. Nothing. And when uh, some universities started to get interested in uh, having us, uh, we're like, yeah, we want to go. We want to try out and, uh, and see what, uh, what it's like. And uh, we, yeah, we started to watch 
some movies and uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, TV shows in English, too, so we uh, we could learn a little bit. But uh, it was amazing, but hard at the same time because yeah, when you you go uh, some place you don't know and uh, you can't uh, speak the the language and. Uh, But I'm I'm glad um, uh, we we went because obviously after uh, when you you were turn pro you you mm -hmm. uh, travel a lot and uh, you by uh, you are by by yourself so um, I'm glad uh, I went I learned the English and uh, um, yeah I just uh, I'm still in in touch with the the coach. Over mm -hmm. there, and uh, so yeah, it was a, an amazing experience. In terms of learning a new language, I'm uh, trying to learn Spanish at the moment. <laughs> Would you give me any tips on how to learn a language, or how have oh, you come this far? I'm really bad. I'm really <laughs> bad at learning uh, other language. Actually, I have to learn. I want to learn uh, Dutch, but okay. it just comes and goes. And <laughs> yeah, <just> like <laughs> I know it's so it might, difficult. Yeah. That might be because of the rivalry, you know, in Belgium, you know, the French side, the Dutch side. So you might not want to learn it, but no, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm the actually, same as you. I do, I do, but uh, no, nah, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so the language was a big factor. Like you know, the the whole culture of like college um, in in the United States. How was that kind of for you to how how did you kind of adapt to that? Because the facilities must have been like completely different to to back home. So tell us more about yeah. that. Um, I think the the atmosphere in general and the, the mentality, the, the way uh, athletes would come to practice and and would like cheer cheer for each other and and make sure everybody was uh, uh, pumped and ready to go. And uh, we had uh, an amazing uh, amazing coach uh, over there, and he knew obviously it was right after uh, Beijing Olympics. And um, he knew that we were not there, just there to uh, to run and compete for the university, but also to uh, improve and, and get better and try to uh, go to the next world championship and uh, next uh, Olympic games. So he, he really understood uh, that we were not, not just there to, to run every weekend and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah and get tired after uh, after two months of uh, of competition and that was uh, uh that was yeah obviously great for us yeah and then obviously you mentioned the Beijing Olympics so you went on to compete in your first Olympics so how was that for you did you were you nervous stressed uh, excited uh excited of course but when uh I got to the Olympic Village. Uh, we got there like three days before. Mm -hmm. Couldn't sleep. Like, I, I, I just couldn't sleep. Even, usually it's the day before you like, uh, before the competition. But here we got there and uh, couldn't sleep. And uh, uh, it's, not, it's not like in a hotel. It's a mm -hmm. village, it's um, apartments. And track and field is the second week. So mm. a lot of athletes uh, uh, were um, done with their competitions, yeah. and uh, a lot of noise in the village, and uh, it's just like overwhelming. It's just 
too much. And uh, uh, the, the next day, uh, we went to see the, the doctor to see, okay, uh, can we have something to, to sleep? Because uh, we compete in two days. <laughs> if we go again uh, the uh, tonight, uh, it's not going to be good. Uh, so we had a, like, a, it wasn't really a big deal, sleeping pills, but not like a, a big one. It's just something to, to, mm -hmm. to, to go to sleep. And he, he told me, to just take that uh, two days before, but not the night, the night before. And uh, Jonathan, I didn't tell Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, he couldn't sleep uh, the day before. We had to wake up at 5 a.m. And oh. I think at like 2 a.m. he took one because he couldn't sleep. And he oh, told no. me, he told me in the morning, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh my but God. I, I mean, he, he ran really well, so it, it was fine. But you know, we were so nervous, and he, mm. he, he told me that before. I was like, no, shit. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. I can't imagine with all that chaos, like, and then having to try and perform whilst trying to sleep as well. It must have been like not the best for a pre performance routine, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was, but you get used to it, and uh, you 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 learn to to manage uh the stress and uh yeah but obviously it was the the, the first olympics and uh um i i ran pretty well not as good as i, I wanted in uh in prelims mm -hmm. but i got uh, through to the um, semi-final and uh, there in the semi-final i really really uh when uh uh, good and uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I just remember the stadium, uh, go, get in the stadium after the core room and everything. It's for it's one of the best memories actually. Uh, yeah. Still now from a, a big championship. When you're like lining up, what are the thoughts going on in your head uh, just before like the gun about is about to shoot off? What was going through your head during those moments? It's, I always, I focus on what I have to do. And that's the thing is, I know, because you have a lot of uh, thoughts and sometimes bad thoughts, sometimes, let's say if uh, you, you have, um, yeah, not a strain, but like a little pain or, mm. or whatever, you, you can think about, oh, I don't want to get injured or I don't want to, and I have to switch immediately. And that's why I have um, uh, like sequence in my race I can focus on. Okay. And, and, and that's the thing uh, I do, I always do. That's, yeah, it's, it's I try always to go back to, to that uh, kind of thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's shown in the research that focusing on task relevant things rather than task relevant things like not focusing on the outcome, focusing on what you can control um, really helps control that anxiety and control that stress. And you can have a better performance that way, uh, for sure. So it's good that you're implementing that sort of stuff. Where did you learn that? Uh, was it something that you implemented yourself or was it with a sports psychologist? Um, first, my dad, uh, when we started, he knew someone, he wasn't a, a sports psychologist, he was just someone that um, would uh, teach, not always uh, athletes, but people like 
people in general mm-hmm. to uh, some like breathing techniques, uh, way to uh, relax, to acknowledge when you are tense, yeah. to, to 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 feel that kind of things, and um, we we learned really uh, like at the beginning how to to feel our our body, how to to breathe, how to all, all those little things that was really helpful during training or during the um, uh, stressful uh, period like right before uh, uh, a competition and um, later on uh, we i always say we because usually uh, i do stuff with joe or yeah. olivia but uh, uh went to see a sports psychologist where who help us like like kind of focus on uh, uh, relevant things, like you said, yeah. and, and try to uh, put things, write things down and, and know uh, uh, what's on what to focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. No, yeah, so, so from that experience of that first Olympics and you not being able to sleep, during your following Olympics, how did you cope with that? How did you improve on your previous performances from that first experience? Uh, with the, the stress, I didn't improve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I knew, uh, uh, I knew that the, the thing is, the first Olympic is like, oh man, I'm there. Uh, yeah. and it's just amazing. But the second one was, uh, I, I put more pressure on myself and, uh, I, I think I, I, I did pretty well. I mean, I came fifth, so I'm not gonna say that. Uh, but I'm still, still now in the final. I didn't handle uh, myself well. I, I, I just, I like. Let's say I didn't want to watch the the start list of the mm-hmm. final before because I knew that maybe uh, uh, I didn't want to think about it before going to bed. But then mm-hmm. in the morning, with the stress. Is uh, the level of stress is really high. I was like, oh, should I uh, look at it? Or I didn't want to uh, look at it. And we had uh, like, not a meeting, but a briefing with my dad before the race. And that's when I uh, I learned uh, I had the uh, outside lane. And it was just like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And, and from then on, I couldn't really focus on myself. So, yeah. Yeah, it just, it was worse. Actually, Beijing wasn't bad, but there uh, I was able to handle pressure to compete well because, I mean, I made the final, but in the final, I didn't win the, the, the race I should have. And that's that's something I'm, I'm still a bit bitter uh, about, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is. is having that outside lane something that sprinters hate? Uh, I guess so because you you don't have any um, um, target or mm-hmm. you 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 don't really know. The, the the thing is, if you if you don't if you're not able to 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 focus on yourself and to know exactly what you have to do, it's always good to say, okay, I'm. 
I, I think I'm in, in the right rhythm, you know, but I was kind of because of the stress and because I couldn't like feel and know at the time because the pressure was really high uh, and I had nobody in, in front of me. I kind of like sit back and, and say, I was just uh, asking myself, okay, am I fast enough or too fast? Or And then I saw the, the, the guy on the inside lane pass me at 200 and I was like, oh shit. That's not that's not good, mm. and yeah, it's too late. But now I'm just like, oh, it's a 400, either lane one or, or eight. It's just a 400, and uh, I, I just try to to work on my race uh, uh, during training and uh, with the previous races uh, uh, I ran. So, which Olympics was this? Which which has happened? 2012. Uh, 2012. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about that? Okay. Yeah. Out of all the Olympics you competed in, uh, which one was your favorite and why? Beijing. Okay. Yeah. Beijing because it was the first one. Uh, I performed really well. Joe performed really well, and Olivia performed really well. And uh, that's just it was like day after day, just wow. In the the emotion was uh, like. Yeah, so high, so uh, was just amazing feeling uh, all around the, the like from the beginning to the the end, just amazing. And I, that, like I, I said, it, it's still still now one of the best uh, championship uh, I've been part of. It's just uh, yeah. It's interesting you say that because we interviewed uh, Martin Rooney. And he said exactly the same thing. Um, his reasoning yeah. was the was the stadium. He really loved the stadium. Um, yeah, I so. still have flash of uh, of myself entering the stadium for the first time. So I was so nervous for the the, the, the prelims, but I, I just remember uh, like coming in and just looking mm. around. And I say, "Wow, I'm here." Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it was a, an amazing, amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. So obviously throughout your career, you've sustained a few injuries here and there. So injuries as an athlete is not always the easiest thing to to cope with. So how did you kind of cope with injuries throughout your, your career mentally? Um, with all the injuries I had, and I, I, did, I didn't have a, a lot of injury. Mm -hmm. Thanks. But... Uh, um, I the first thing I, I would do is um, how, how can I say that um, like schedule all I have to 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 do. Yeah, I would call and uh, and send emails to uh, physio, um, doctors, uh, like anybody that would be uh, like on the staff and uh, would take care of me and say, okay, uh, this happened, um, what do you have to do? And how are we gonna handle the next few few weeks? And um, actually, usually it, it gave me a lot of, um, uh, not comfort, but confidence mm -hmm. uh, doing that. The hardest is not uh, the injuries, like um, uh, if I pull a hamstring, it's not easy, and 
but it, it's okay. The, the hardest is when you have like chronic pain. And, and that's sometimes, even if you, if you schedule, even if you uh, go see the physio every day or whatever, the, the pain is always there. And sometimes you don't know how to get out of it. And, and that's pretty, pretty tiring. It, uh, that's the worst, I think, for, for an athlete. Yeah, Oli's had uh, his experience of a, a chronic injury, haven't you? Oh. Yeah, I had like a groin injury. Um, and it was sort of like, a, yeah, overuse. And it just took me ages to come back, like eight months, because I was treating it like a tear. I didn't have the right professional advice. And then um, I did it as soon as I come back. I didn't strengthen it back up. And I went straight back out. And then I had to go through the rehab process again. And... Yeah, eventually got back, but I've never really been the same player since. Mm. Yeah, but that's that's the thing when athletes like sometimes don't have the right medical stuff, or it's just you you, especially for athletes, they just want to get back, mm. and they, they would they would do anything. They would just like train and train, and and a lot of athletes just yeah train too hard too soon, and then yeah. I think being in a team sport for me, like being in football, um, yeah. I had pressures from teammates or managers asking me to come back earlier and I had that pressure of coming back. Do you have a similar type of pressure maybe for yourself or like your brother, your training partner wants to train with you? Was there any type of pressure like that to come back or was it just yourself? The, the pressure is like I put pressure on myself, but it's also the um, uh, like you have championship coming up. So a season like next year, you have World Championship and that's the, the, the main target. And you have to, to focus on that and make sure you'll be able to, to, to run and to compete before. And so that's the pressure we have. Yeah. Other than that, not really. I, I think um, I'm lucky. I have a, a great medical staff. And so when I'm injured or I have a problem, like they always try to, to make sure uh, I'm going uh, on the right path and uh, they try to get me back on my feet uh, uh, as, as fast as possible. So yeah, the, the only real pressure is the, the, the limit uh, date, the date, the due date yeah, yeah. or whatever, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's the pressure we have. I think the the method you use is, uh, I think it's goal setting in the sense. Did you kind of set yourself goals to like small goals to attain throughout the the recovery process? Is that kind of what you did? Yeah, but also like the physio would help a lot because you'd say, okay, uh, in the first uh, week or first two weeks, that's that's our goal, and then mm. uh, if you were able to to do that after three weeks, that's perfect. That's where we need to go, and, and so. Obviously, it would help a lot when you 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 reach uh, those goals and uh, you're able to and you see the, the the progress. Obviously, because at first, especially when you pull a hamstring, you can't even uh, walk and say, "How am I going to be able to run in like two weeks?" And then after two weeks, you're like, "Oh, I can jog, oh, nice!" And you can see the the, the progress. So, um, yeah. But like I said, I, I'm I'm really lucky to have a. Uh, good uh, uh, medical stuff around me. No, yes, it's definitely a technique that's used a lot for injured athletes in like psychology. So it's really interesting that you actually use that. Um, 
and it seemed to work perfectly for you. So, uh, so yeah. So we briefly touched upon uh, your father. So obviously your father has coached you for many years now. Um, what would you say uh, are the advantages and the disadvantages to be coached by your, your father? Challenging, challenging question, I know, but... <laughs> Um, that's something I'll always say is that I didn't choose my dad, but I chose my, um, my coach. Uh, I think he's, uh, one of the best, uh, coach out there for the 400. Uh, I really believe that. And that's, that helps to, to just say, okay, I'm coached by one of the best. Um, what's, what's hard is, um, there's more than just um, coach-athlete relationship. And sometimes it gets in the way of, uh, of the like, training process. Or, and, and you can get uh, more emotional, I guess, uh, if he says something. And sometimes you don't want to hear anything. But just, it's just because... It, is your dad and and you know like you you can you wouldn't like do that or hear the same thing from a coach but you do with with your dad and sometimes that's the 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 tricky part and it's it's not always easy to uh to hear things like he's my coach okay that's what he wants me to do and that's to to yeah, to, to, to make the difference, it's sometimes really hard because, I mean, we, we train really hard every day and um, sometimes it's too much and, and, and you're like, yeah, dad, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, because like throughout my life, my dad's been my manager um, at football and okay. I always found that if I had a bad performance or thing, sometimes it could make it way, make its way home. And we carry on chatting about it. And sometimes, like being a player, you just you just want silence, especially when you get home after a bad performance, and you constantly got him like nabbing away at you. Did you ever have that um, affect you, um, or was it was it very easy for you guys to just switch off? Like whatever happens mm-hmm. at training, whatever happens at the track, stays at the track, and you're able to come home. Uh, I think uh, one thing was that we did never really um i never really lived with my dad right. so because my uh, uh mother and um, father are um, uh, divorced uh first i i lived with uh my mom and then uh when i i left and uh, started to track and uh, later on uh, i immediately uh i lived by myself or with joe as uh, yeah. as roommate so i wasn't like training uh, and and then go home with my dad or okay. so i think that's a good thing actually because yeah, definitely sometimes during the during practice you you just like you you, you get angry you you you're tired and and someone's like oh get up and go again but some days you don't want to and if it's your dad it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I um there's a dynamic in CrossFit with um it's Tia Claire Tuma and her husband coaches her. And that can that that's like you see in training, he'll be like, right, let's go again. And she's like, 
Come on, like I do know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the that's the the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you think your dad, your father, how does he get the best out of you? Would you say? Uh, uh, it's I I think from the, the beginning to now it evolves a lot, and um, I, what I've learned is that I have to engage in a positive um, conversation. So it's like it's not only like oh we have to do this 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 no it's mm-hmm. how we're gonna like schedule the season how we're gonna uh, make sure that we're gonna going to improve this year and and so when I, uh, I started doing that and and trying to build up everything with him it would help a lot um, and and the same I think uh, we with him so mm-hmm. at first when you young athletes you don't know anything actually so you just like listen and, uh, but it like the relationship uh, evolved and um, uh, I think in between we had like um, uh, kind of like conflicts more conflicts because I wanted to uh, to be part of the the, the process and uh, it would still uh, treat me like uh, oh you you are a young athlete or whatever um but yeah now I just try to uh, build things and like yeah it's it's kind of hard to 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 really know and like I said it's because it's he's my dad it's it's kind of sometimes of it's hard to to know exactly how he yeah. he do things, you know what what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's because it's everything is kind of mixed up, like yeah. everything is. And so yeah, I just I try to, like I said, to 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 get involved with him and uh, and, and make sure we we can uh, improve uh, uh, as a team. Sure. Okay, yeah, so something I've started doing with uh, every guest is sort of getting their insight into what psychological qualities you feel have made you successful. Because for listeners, um, we have a lot of athletes listening, uh, young athletes, young academy players um, who are coming up. And it's interesting to hear what they could develop psychologically that maybe the elite have developed and they haven't. So what has made you so successful in 400 metres? Uh, I I think uh, I was able to cope with uh, pressure um, like from the beginning. Uh, obviously, I had uh, I was lucky to to have uh, people around me that could like teach me. And uh, but I, I remember a lot of people asked me. Um, what, how is it for you in the core room? Uh, what do you feel? And actually, that's the the, the moment where this kind of the pressure is uh, is off. I'm just uh, this is it. Uh, I've worked for 
for for this moment and uh, i know what i have to do and and, and I, I think i'm able to uh to concentrate focus on myself and obviously uh some championship of some race uh, i messed up but one thing is i can i can really focus and and uh and that uh, helped me a lot uh, during my career okay yeah in terms of your focusing um obviously before races um you've got like a maybe a pre-race routine um so from the minute you wake up to the minute you perform what is that routine like for you um Usually, uh, I I don't want to like when I wake up. Obviously, breakfast and I try to eat uh, the thing I usually eat. But I don't want to do anything. That's I know some athletes just want to either chat or go for a walk. But me, I I, I like to uh, stay by myself, watch a movie, or I love watching movie uh, movies before a race. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's your go-to movie? Yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs> Which is your favorite movie to watch before? Uh, I, I don't actually. I don't want to watch a movie uh, I've seen before, so I try to. Oh, okay. uh, now with uh, Netflix, it's easier. Easy, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it helps me uh, take my mind off because that's the thing. As long as I'm not um, warming up or performing, I don't want to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. And if I do, I just I, I try to go back to things I can control, like I can uh, focus on and have positive uh, uh, thoughts or whatever. And uh, watching a TV show or a movie uh, that helped me take my my mind off uh, of the like competition mm-hmm. it's interesting because Oliver and I have spoken about so I'm not saying we weren't prepared for like this podcast but us we're the most comfortable when you know everything we have we're busy before because if if we have nothing to do before like a podcast or anything like this we overthink it and we stress and that we thrive uh just like you you know just like it's it's it's, it's interesting to see the you know the dynamic yeah, with I, podcasting I, I, I feel like um, it's things you you do in in general. It's not only in sports. It's in in a lot in yeah. a, a lot of areas. Uh, you have to. I think we, we we talked about it. It's you have to acknowledge that there's uh, pressure, there's stress, and you have to learn how to cope with it, rather than because I know athletes that you're like, oh, no stress, no stress today. Uh, oh, I feel good, blah blah blah. But you can you can see them in the courtroom or this is just like <laughs> restless okay, okay. And, then, <laughs> and then you know that uh especially if he's in uh in your team uh like uh four by four whatever and just like Fuck. yeah 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 just man just try to focus chill day stress just know it and try to uh yeah to cope with it yeah I think it's like having trust in your own ability as well, because often you can overthink like the little things and try and make every little thing perfect. Like say for this podcast, if I try to word questions perfectly and really focused on that, especially during the intro and stuff, 
I'd just mess up. Whereas if I trust my ability to be able to communicate and articulate, then it's, it's just going to flow much better. And I imagine it's the same with performance. Um, yeah. You know what you need to do and you just got to step up and, and do it. Yeah, there's a, that's the kind of thing you have to think about. Like, okay, I've done this, 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 this. I know what I have to do. Just do it and, and, and you'll see what happens. But do that and, and don't, don't try to overthink and... and because otherwise the pressure and the, um, the stress level is going to uh, get high and, and you, you're not going to be able to control anything at the end and you, you're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that maybe, so, you know, in the 400, 4x400 meter relay team, it would have been useful to have like, I don't know, like a psychologist, maybe talk with the team in general, because obviously you've had support on the side with uh, a psychologist, but maybe your teammate hasn't. So it would yeah, be the, beneficial. The, 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 True, but the problem is, especially in track and field, it's a individual sport. Mm. And the, 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 the four by four, it's not, you have to perform by yourself first. So you're gonna hand off the baton, mm -hmm. but that's you and only you uh, running. So, and you have to, to, to know what fits you the, the best, what, what you wanna know, how you can, uh, because I know that the way I function is not the, 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 the best way for somebody else. I, I know that. But every athlete needs to understand how he uh, uh, things work best for, for, for him mm -hmm. and how he can uh, improve uh, the way, uh, his way of functioning. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think about the state of uh, sports psychology and kind of like mental health in Belgium? Like we kind of briefly discussed it yesterday, but what do you think? Do you think it could improve or? Uh, obviously, I mean. It's, it's interesting for me because I'd like, I'd love to work in Belgium uh, as a sports psychologist trainee. So for me, what I see is that it's not developed enough uh, compared to countries such as the UK, the US. Um, and I think Belgium is a bit behind. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, yeah, the, I think the problem in, in, in sports in, in general is when you look at federations, mm. they're old school. And, and so they don't, um, they don't try to, to make sure that athletes have every resor uh, resources they need. And I know, I know athletes that don't work with a um, um, sports psychologist mm -hmm. and it's perfect for them. It's just the way that they do things is just, and, and, and I'm like, oh, I wish I, I, I would be able to do, to do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not. And the way I, I, I was lucky enough to, to have people around me at the beginning and uh, to immediately understand how uh, uh, I had to, to, to work, how I had to approach competition. But obviously, I don't think enough uh, athletes know, and uh, it's obviously not developed a lot, enough in, in, in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Maybe athletes here think that you need that kind of mental support only when you have a problem, but mm -hmm. we've talked about this countless times. Like, it's not only that. And I think there's a stigma. It's like, you know, when, when you go to see a psychologist, it's like, oh, you have a problem, but. Sports psychology is like, that's, it's more than that. It's you can improve your performance just like you go to the gym, you know, 
you're going to the gym with your brain when you when you see a, a sports psychologist so yeah i think yeah, it's important to realize it's always like what's the problem because mm-hmm. when you in front of your start and ready to go if you can't focus that's a problem so yeah true the whole reason why i got into psychology was because i think the difference between being good and great is being able to cope during those really pressure moments where it really matters and i think the, the perfect person for that is usain bolt like how he manages himself on that race day is like nothing faces him he's just able to step up and and just I mean, this talks for me in chicken nuggets and stuff before. Like, he's just not bothered. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. Guy. He's too comfortable. I think we were talking about this also. I think that would really put me off if I was in the lane, uh, like next to him, like fist bumping the, you know, the um, the the workers that, are, you know, like the. But it's like stewards. it's like Kevin says, everything's individual. So, yeah. what might work for Usain Bolt might not work for John. Might not work for me because we need may, may need a higher arousal to perform better mm-hmm. whereas he's able to perform like a lower arousal so everyone has different different levels what they need to get to in order to achieve their optimum performance true yeah very true so um we've talked a lot about your career now so we we're really interested to to kind of know how you kind of disconnect from athletics so from track and field <laughs> What do you do at home to kind of because it's important as you probably know to to have that moment to yourself you know it is and uh sometimes it's not easy that's mm. that's for sure um first thing is i don't want to talk about uh practice i just when when i i'm at practice i will just okay that's what i have to do I would do the job and once it, it's done, okay, I go home and I, I don't want to, to talk about the, the next day. And uh, because a lot of, especially maybe not young, but a lot of athletes like to, to talk about the training week. I'm not, uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would look, I would look at the program uh, on Sunday, for example, and I, I, I know what I have to do. But I don't want to uh, talk about it. When I was younger, it wouldn't be a problem. But now I just, and I know that I, I'm going to not perform, but be at 100% and, and give it my, uh, my all practice. And that's no problem. But I don't want to talk about it. That's one thing. And um, uh, I just, yeah, do things I, I enjoy. But sometimes, like, I love uh, motorsport. That's okay. Since when I, since I'm a little kid, I just uh, and um, that's the kind of thing I, I sometimes want to do, but I can't because of the obviously injuries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The risks but are too high, especially if you're not any good. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather uh, talk about that or watch uh, Formula One races, watch MotoGP. Um, maybe sometimes go uh, go karting and, and 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 yeah, that's the kind of thing. Or go watch a movie, thing, uh, play video games sometimes because athletes have a lot of time on, on their hands. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I I don't want to watch or talk too much about uh, track and field. Yeah, fair enough. 
Okay, so um, after your career finishes, what do you see yourself doing um, after that? Uh, it's actually I don't really know. I have a lot of ideas, and sometimes, uh, like first, I, I'd love to have um, uh, to be able to teach what I've learned uh, yes. and, and 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 try to to make sure uh, other young athletes uh, be. Uh, able to have like what I've had like my dad put a, a great stuff around me since, since the beginning and uh, I feel like other athletes should have the same and uh, and, and be able to give the, the absolute best from the beginning because mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you oh you're talented okay run uh, two years later it's not good enough uh, uh, ciao. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we need to improve in Belgium. We need to improve that that kind of thinking. So if I can be involved in in uh, yeah, trying to educate the uh, youngster, uh, awesome. I'd be glad to 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 do it. That's one thing and. Yeah, I have a uh, yeah. This year, you vote a sporting dream. Yeah, F one <laughs> go go F one compete against Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> would be, that would be awesome. Not F F Formula One, of course, but if I can compete in a yeah, uh, or, yeah, or being an actor because you love movies so much, go into acting. <laughs> uh, I would suck. So, <laughs> we'll, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I have ideas and uh, projects, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Martin now, Martin Rooney. Uh, yeah. Loveborough, and uh, I think, I don't know exactly what he does, but uh, I think it's something uh, that fits him really well. Yeah, yeah he's doing, as uh, an athletic coordinator at the college, I think. So, yeah, he's basically mentoring uh, like the yeah. up and coming uh, athletes, just like you said. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so. yeah, it's definitely good, like passing on your knowledge and, and your yeah, for sure, it, it's a good goal. <laughs> but um, in terms of all our questions, that's all we had for you. But we obviously asked on social media if they got any questions for you, and this is the part where me and John just rattle them off one by one and uh, get your insight into the questions. So the first one is talking about Martin Rooney. To be fair, you've raced uh, plenty of great rivals over the years. Which one of those was your favorite? Oh, uh, obviously, I'm gonna. See, my favorite would be uh, Jonathan, my twin, yeah. <laughs> because there's no, there's no rivalry. Like you just go and you you don't care if he, he beats you or whatever. We just try to perform. But obviously, running against Martin since I think '06, and being able to race each other every year, and at at some point. I guess at first you just like uh, I want to beat him. I want to, but you have so much. I have so much respect for for Martin and and the way um, he he perform and and uh, like I remember in um, 2016 uh, European champion. 
I messed up my my wrist, but I was just like, wow, he, he did it. I know his season um, up until the the European Championship wasn't that great for him, but he was able to uh, to show up and perform and uh, and and win. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for uh, for him, and uh, he's kind of like a, a friend now. So. Uh, I would say, uh, would say Martin. Uh, I mean, we've been racing each other for so long, so yeah. Is he like the funny guy of the like 400 meter event? Because uh, it seems like it. It seems like he's the clown, you know, like the little <laughs> class clown. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, but uh, that's the one I I would talk to in the in the core room. Uh, yeah, because we know each other and uh, we know. We know there's uh, stress, we know there's pressure, but a lot of respect and we, we just we just chat uh, before race and uh, wish each other uh, the best. Um, mm. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely made us laugh during, uh, during our podcast when we talked to yeah. him. So, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the second question was, do you find it hard to manage athletics and family time? Um... So far, no, but I, once again, I'm kind of lucky because uh, uh, my girlfriend uh, run, uh, runs track as well. So uh, I think it's harder for Joe and, um, and Dylan, uh, obviously. But other than that, like, it, it hasn't been too hard for me. And one thing is, I, I that's I set goals and I I do everything to achieve it, mm-hmm. and that makes me able I guess to just do the job every day and uh, and once it's done, focus on the other things and uh, and like like family. So yeah. no, it hasn't been too hard. Nice. Okay, so the third one is, uh, do you think you could have raced under 44 seconds if it wasn't for the physical barriers? Uh, wasn't for the, the physical barriers? Would, like like the physical, if there was any, uh, the niggles, the injuries, maybe he's, he means? Because we can skip. if there is no physical barriers, I could have run like 41. <laughs> exactly. I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I feel like maybe in 10 years, I'm going to think about what I've done and and how I, I train and maybe with the new, uh, like, uh, new science, new technique. Maybe uh, I'd say uh, maybe if I, I've done that, uh, but I, I don't consider myself like the best in the world. Like my body type, the way I. Mm. So when I see some athlete, I'm just like, eh, yeah, I can't like I can't compete uh, against them. It has never been um, a problem for me because I don't care. Even though uh, you like. Uh, you have two heads, uh, you two heads taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm here to beat you. So uh, that, no, yeah, that, that wasn't a problem. But uh, 
Um, I, I, I think I've done so far, because I don't want to put barriers uh, ahead of me. Uh, let's say I can maybe run uh, faster still. But um, so far, I think I, I've done, uh, how do you, do you say, I, I've done the best I could or maybe obviously if I had better condition uh, the, the, the day I, I run my, my PB, maybe I could have gone faster. Or I don't know. Uh, but um, I, 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 oh. It's good that you feel like you've reached your optimum. And you, you you're content with how your career's gone. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, so far, I mean, I, like like I said, I could have gone maybe one tenth, two tenths, depending on the condition, and and and, but I've tried to extract the maximum, uh, and um, maybe I I can go a bit faster, but I don't think I could have gone like five or six tenths uh, faster. I don't have like yeah yep. i don't think so okay so the fourth question was what advice would you give a young 400 meter sprinter who would like to make it at the highest level <laughs> just do it <laughs> oh. this is it this is ready for your mentoring <laughs> yeah we're practicing yeah. we're practicing now <laughs> um yeah, I mean, get ready for the tough sessions because, <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's good, that's a reality. No, it's true. Yeah, but I, I, I feel, but that's for everything. I feel like you really need to 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 have goals and, and, and to go through the, 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 the training. Um, it's not, you're not going to do it just because you want to be good at it or you, you, like it's um, yeah it's it's hard hard to I, I feel like you don't like for young people I wouldn't say you're gonna be a 400 meter runner I would say train see what you uh, you want to do like I, when I started I ran 100 200. And, and and maybe one four hundred the first or two four hundred, but that's not like oh I want to go again next week. It's when I I was able to run faster and improve, and and that's when you started to get to to be uh, uh, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So and and that's how you 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 really start. But I I wouldn't say I want to focus on the four hundred. That's yeah. the, the 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 first thing I would like say just. Train, enjoy, and try to do a little bit of uh, everything, and uh, and you'll see. Yeah, that's uh, um, coming across all the uh, Olympians we've had on. That originally maybe they weren't focused on on one event, and then throughout trying a lot of it, they found out that they're natural at one of them, and, and that's what they've gone and done a career in. And I think you promoting enjoyment there—that's so important because you can get obsessed with. Uh, just getting good at that one event where throughout your early uh, career, if you're enjoying it, then you develop that love for it and training isn't as difficult during those hard sessions, like you said. So it's definitely an important factor to develop. Um, The final question is, 
And you've got to guess who asked this as well. Who is the best drinker out of the 400 meter runners? <laughs> Martin? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Martin for sure. Um, yeah, us. Uh, the parties after uh, championships are just crazy. Yeah? <laughs> really? Yeah, because I mean, that's the 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 final like every athlete uh, there have trained the whole season just for that and once it's over just like okay just you all mingle it. together like, <laughs> it's like a big family of 400 meter runners yeah 400 with every athlete is just oh, okay it's, it's the end it's it's just uh okay we we're here we've done it and uh we can enjoy now so that's so we're saying fun. that Martin's a better drinker than you, or are you a better drinker than him? He's a better drinker than Oh, me. come on. <laughs> You're not doing Belgium proud. Come on. No, no, I'm, <laughs> on, that, on that side now. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he, he's more like um, uh, whiskey and coke. And, uh, oh, yeah. We're the beers kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, the Belgians. Exactly. Can handle us on the beers. Uh, I disagree with that statement. <laughs> We'll agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, there are all the questions we had for you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, it was a pleasure. Normally during this moment, we give you, our guests, uh, a moment to shout anything out that they've got going on. All your socials um, will be in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out? Not, not really. I mean, shout uh, out to Winston. <laughs> the boy he's, he's sleeping he's snoring on the, on the carpet <laughs> all right nice one uh so if you could please share this with your friends or someone you feel will benefit from it most importantly like subscribe comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get on in the future also go follow us on twitter and on instagram links will be in the description of the youtube video or find us at master in the mind podcast other than that thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next one